So worms, on the whole, I think, are probably under-researched and have got amazing properties. Everything that seems to come out of the other end of the worm is better than when it went in. Welcome to Engineering Matters, the podcast that shines a light on the engineering solutions being applied to the world's biggest challenges. I'm Bernadette Ballantyne, and this week I've been looking at a unique potential solution to the world's plastic crisis. But before I tell you more about it, we need to understand the scale of the problem. According to Plastics Europe, we currently produce around 335 million tonnes of plastic every year and 12.7 million tonnes is estimated to be dumped in the world's oceans, polluting the water and killing sea life. Yet this is only the tip of the plastic iceberg. Plastic productions increased exponentially since the 1950s, and experts estimate there could literally be billions of tonnes of plastic floating around in the oceans today. Closer to home, Europe is responsible for 60 million tonnes of plastic production every year, and 40% of this is used in packaging. Less than half, 27.1 million tonnes of plastic, is collected every year and only 31% of that is recycled. A further 41% is sent to energy recovery, meaning that it's burned to create electricity. 23% goes to landfill. So as for the other 33 million tonnes, a small proportion of it may still be in use, as plastic pipes carrying wastewater for example. But some of it may be in a river or a sea near you. In the UK, our waste treatment infrastructure is fragmented, with a range of technologies and approaches used by local authorities who are responsible for waste collection. But this is set for a shake-up. In January, Prime Minister Theresa May published a new 25-year environment plan, which pledged to eliminate all avoidable plastic waste by 2042. Increasing recycling rates is one strand of this, but another element is encouraging the development of biodegradable plastics and packaging. But what if all plastics could be made to biodegrade under the right treatment conditions? This could revolutionise our waste infrastructure, and it's something that engineers and scientists have been making major progress on in recent years. New findings have proved that there's already a unique bioreactor that can really do this. It's a unique combination of microbes and enzymes that actually break plastic down into carbon dioxide, water and organic material. The problem is, this bioreactor is alive and it exists inside the guts of mealworms. No one knows more about this than Dr. Wei-Min Wu, a senior research engineer at Stanford University in California, who's been working with Professor Yunyang and his team of researchers at Beihang University in China. They published their first major discoveries in 2015, which proved that mealworms could biodegrade polystyrene. Um, I'm Dr. Wei-Min Wu senior research engineer at Stanford University. Uh, currently, we study biodegradation of the petroleum basis plastic. plastic By feeding the mealworms uh, blocks of polystyrene, the researchers discovered that within 15 hours, this polystyrene had been digested. In 15 hours, and the 50% of plastic degraded, became water and uh, carbon dioxide. They discovered that by chewing the polystyrene, 
the mealworms reduced its size and increased the contact surface area of the polystyrene fragments with the unique soup of bacteria within its gut. These ingested fragments mix with the microbiota, or bacteria, that excrete enzymes that catalyse breakdown of these fragments into small molecule products. These products are mainly degraded and then excreted as a harmless waste product called fecula, or mineralised into carbon dioxide. For the team, the next step was then to see if these wonderworms could break down other types of plastic too, and this year they proved that polyethylene could be biodegraded by the mealworms. Polyethylene is one of the most common types of plastic used in disposable packaging such as plastic bottles, bags, trays, containers and packaging film. Interestingly, the findings showed that mealworms preferred polyethylene, digesting it faster than polystyrene, and researchers are now testing other major plastics, including polypropylene, polyurinase, PVC and PET. We plan to test more and more plastics, but uh, you know, we get some very encouraging results. I, I, I cannot uh, release our results, or especially student results, okay, before they get published. <laughs> the team have identified the bacteria most effective at breaking down plastic, but the action on plastic when taken out of the mealworm's digestive system is really slow, taking months rather than hours to act on the waste, meaning that it isn't simply the bacteria alone that's undertaking this degradation. To be able to successfully replicate this bioreactor environment and replicate it on an industrial scale, Engineers need to investigate the combination of bacterial strains, the enzymes that they excrete, and the conditions within the system. At the same time, the potential use of the FRAS byproduct as a fertiliser is also being examined, with scientists examining toxicology of the FRAS to make sure that it is safe to use on soil. The degradation is very fast. So one of the things that we try to understand why, why, and secondly, we try to understand what enzyme evolved. If we understand the enzyme, we understand the, the molecular structure of this enzyme. This enzyme or bacteria could be engineering modified. And then we can see could we get more rapid degradation. That's something yeah, would be you know, useful for future application or engineering application. The idea that insect larvae can digest plastic is not new and began with research into the larvae of Indian meal moths in the 1950s. These tiny 0.5mm worms were able to penetrate polyethylene plastic film. But more recently, in 2003, a Chinese schoolgirl from Xi'an in central China discovered that mealworms could eat polystyrene foam. Presenting these findings at a high school science fair, along with her theory that mealworms secreted enzymes that could biodegrade plastic. These findings were award-winning, but not substantive enough to secure a patent. More detailed research was needed to prove that not only did the mealworms eat the polystyrene, that it was broken down or biodegraded inside its digestive system. Then came Professor Yun Yang and his research team. Initially, he considered how Indian meal moth larvae could penetrate PE film but the small size of the worms at just half a millimetre limited the degradation potential. So in 2010, Professor Yang, with Dr Wu, turned his attention to mealworms, which are the larvae of the darkling beetle, known in Latin as Tenebrio molitor, and his research continues. 
But what are these mealworms? Standard mealworm is about uh, two centimetres long when he's an adult. Um, yeah, so he's a decent size. This is Heather Gorringe, founder of Wormery Specialists Wiggly Wigglers, based near, wait for it, Worm Bridge in Herefordshire. She's a big fan of mealworms and explains that the combination of water, fats and proteins in the worms make them a perfect food for birds in the nest who are completely dependent on adult birds to feed them both food and water. As a result, the breeding season, spring, is peak season for mealworm demand and Heather sells a thousand kilos of these every week. Or she usually does. But the UK is in the grip of a national shortage of mealworms after the country's main supplier, based in the Netherlands, wiped out an entire cabin full of mealworms after allowing them to get too hot. The perfect condition for mealworms is between 8 and 10 degrees Celsius, but the temperature in the cabin soared to 38 degrees, killing a whole generation of worms. With a 14-week incubation period, UK companies must now sit and wait for more worms to satisfy these birds. Heather was not surprised to learn that these unassuming worms have world-beating potential. The thing is, I mean, I constantly am surprised about worms anyway, because the way that, I mean, even earthworms have, have cleaned all sorts of toxic waste. So I remember supplying earthworms for Stockley Park, which I think was a coal area or something, and they cleaned up that, that for, um, for, you know, to make really good soil. And at the Eden Project, we supplied the worms there to make their soil. So worms, on the whole, I think, are probably under-researched and have got amazing properties. So whilst I'd have never thought of it, um, I'm not totally surprised because everything that seems to come out of the other end of the worm is better than when it went in. So nature has been bioengineering its own responses to the plastic problem. In Japan in 2016, a natural enzyme secreted by bacteria was discovered in a waste recycling centre. This enzyme, known as PETase, PETase, had evolved to allow bacteria to degrade plastic, specifically polyethylene terephthalate, and use it as a food source. Researchers from the University of Portsmouth set out to determine how this enzyme had evolved and identify its molecular structure. This they did. But at the same time, they mutated the enzyme, and accidentally created a new strain, which was even better at breaking down PET. The embryonic nature of the research means that it's too early to compare these new treatment processes at an economic or even technical level with those already used in the waste treatment industry, such as recycling or energy recovery. But if the UK is going to eliminate all waste plastics, then new solutions are needed, and these are being actively requested by the UK government. Philip Chadwick, editor of Packaging News, explains why this is such a hot topic and a time of opportunity for new technology. In January, Theresa May got up and talked about a 25-year environmental plan. That was a key moment, really. It made everybody sit up and take notice because when the Prime Minister talks about the scourge of of single-use plastic packaging, um, everybody then thinks, well, we have to do something about that. That Not just because the Prime Minister's talking about it but because public opinion has, has seemingly turned against plastic packaging so I think that that's that's how it all started but since January it, it really has 
taken, you know, exploded, if you like, the number of um, announcements made from major supermarkets, major brands about how they're aiming to, in some in some extreme circumstances, eradicate plastic from their organisations altogether, or in slightly less extreme but equally significant in that, you know, looking to reduce plastic packaging. Um, we've seen so many announcements like that, and and it's it, it's staggering how how quick and fast moving this this is at the moment. But um, I think many in the industry will look at it initially as, goodness, what on earth are we going to do? But then, in the cold light of day, they're thinking, well, actually, this is an opportunity to get closer to government um, to help shape um, waste management strategy for the next uh, next years, for the next next ten years, perhaps. Um, an opportunity, perhaps, to, to get increased funding um, to ensure that recycling is 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 boosted um, and and help sort of shape a, a closed loop economy that that everyone's been talking about for for so very very long. Current strategies for reducing plastic waste are increasing recycling rates, increasing the amount of recycled content in plastic products, and more recently considering the use of biodegradable packaging. It, that's also growing as well at the moment. Compostable um, packaging is, is, is seemingly on the rise at the moment. Um, there's a sharp divide in the industry as to whether this is a good thing or this is a bad thing. I think there are those who say it's a good thing because it, it means that um, this, the, the, the once used, then the packaging can decompose very quickly and it, it's, it can be in some cases a matter of weeks. That's one claim I've heard today. Um, and, and that it can be a, an important part of a plastic-free future. However, there's the other side of it who... Um, those who say, well, actually, we, we don't want these kind of um, materials in the recycling stream. They contaminate it. There's um, concerns over if it does go to landfill, you know, are there are there risks over methane, CO2 emissions? Um, does it actually cause more problems than 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 it solves? I think it's it, it's quite clear that until there's an in, industrial or or rather a proper joined up waste management structure how to deal with compostable and bioplastics, then, then at the moment there's a lot of packaging technologists, particularly from retailers, who, who probably won't want to touch it. However, there are plenty of smaller brands out there and, and plenty of food service operators who are really embracing compostable and really do believe that, it, that it's a big part of the future. Compostable packaging is one of the solutions being considered by some retailers who've signed up to the UK Plastic Pact. But the fragmented nature of the waste industry makes it difficult to know which of the solutions are going to be most effective. There's no doubt that over the coming years, we're likely to see more developments in this area in, in, in biodegradable um, packaging. I think the the question is, in order to convince you know the the, the key people within these within organisations within supermarkets, is to say here's a waste infrastructure that can can deal with it correctly, and and that's 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 ultimately a um, that's ultimately the issue that, that's facing all materials at the moment is um, our waste infrastructure is very fragmented at the moment. So if anything, this this plastics debate is an opportunity for, um, for the UK to rethink how it deals with its waste, how it recycles and how it can avoid um, sending waste to, to, to landfill. So the time is right for the UK to explore new technologies in response to the single-use plastic crisis. And mealworms, with their digestive superpower, could be part of the solution. Although the idea that we're going to see huge waste treatment plants with tanks full of worms chomping through plastic is not impossible, 
scientists and engineers are focusing on isolating the most effective combination of microbes, enzymes and environmental conditions that optimise this degradation, leading to the creation of bioreactors that can break down plastic waste, create useful byproducts such as fertiliser and carbon dioxide. Meaning that with some intervention, Mother Nature might just have presented us with a solution to the man-made problem of plastic pollution. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. I'm Bernadette Ballantyne. Special thanks to Stanford University, Beihang University, Weekly Wigglers, Packaging Muse and the University of Portsmouth. Mixing and editing by John Young. Additional story development by Rhian Owen. A big thanks to Jim Robertson-Moore. Theme music came from JM Sounds with additional music from Pond5. The executive digester is Rory Harris and we'll be back in two weeks with more. Thank you.